Just to follow up that Connect announcement, that is on the long weekend of May. All right? So apparently don't make any plans except plans that see you attend Connect. All right. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs 18. And read verses 20 and 21. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life in the power of the tongue. Every tongue has power. Every tongue in this place has power. Every tongue has influence. Every tongue has an audience, a heavenly audience and an earthly audience. Every tongue reaps what it sows. Every tongue produces. The Voice Bible reads, Words have power in matters of life and death. The message reads, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Every tongue has power. The question is, what will the power of our tongues produce? What will the power of your tongue produce? What will it bring forth? The King James Version reads, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. The word fruit here is speaking of produce. It's speaking of offspring, children, issue of the womb. The fruit of our mouths, or the produce of our mouths, the offspring of our mouths, I'd like us to agree tonight that it really does matter what we speak. It really does matter the words that cross our lips. The Bible encourages us. The Bible exhorts us. The Bible commands us. The Bible cautions us concerning words. The Bible clearly tells us that our stomachs will be satisfied from the fruit of our mouths. That is, they will be filled with the fruit of our mouths. The Amplified Bible, a man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth and with the consequence of his words. He must be satisfied, whether good or evil. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. Wow. We will be satisfied with the consequence of our words. That is, to be sated, to be satisfied with, or be fulfilled. Be filled. Have one's fill of. But can I ask tonight, are we satisfied with the consequence of our words? 
The words that we have been speaking, the words that we have been using, the dialogue, the conversation that we've allowed to flow from our lips, are we satisfied with the consequence of our words? Are we pleased? Are we happy? Do we like what is being produced? Do we like the offspring? Do we like the fruit? Verse 21 in the Passion Translation, your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. And the talkative person will reap the consequences. I wonder if we truly believe that there is power in the tongue. I wonder if we really believe it. If we truly believed it, would it not change speech and conversation? If we truly believed what the Bible says concerning words, concerning the tongue, that there's life and death, that there's power to produce either poison or fruit, every word we speak, every conversation we have, the dialogue, if we truly believe that there's power in the tongue, it should change our conversation. If we knew that every word was producing, if we knew that every word would be met with consequence, every word rewarded accordingly. Verse 21, the Living Bible, those who love to talk will suffer the consequences. Men have died for saying the wrong thing. You say tonight, ah, it doesn't really matter what we say. Well, that's not what the Bible says. You say tonight, that precise, that careful, that cautious, that's what the Bible says. Take into account the words across your lips. Perhaps we need to be slow to speak. Weigh every word. Let's hear from the word of the Lord tonight, 1 Peter 3, verse 10. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain, or that is, restrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. How many know that's good counsel? We need to take that into our life no matter what age we are and apply this. Proverbs 15, verse 4, a wholesome or healing tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Proverbs 15, verse 28, the heart of the righteous, I love this, studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. I wonder if we study how to answer. When we're asked, do we study how to answer? And if we don't know how to answer, maybe we should do some studying, you know what I'm saying? Somebody comes for counsel, we could apply it in this manner. Somebody comes for wisdom and we don't know what to say, maybe we need to go study instead of just pouring forth words because death and life are in the power of the tongue. We need to study what we're about to say. We need to chew on it. We need to mull it over. We need to weigh it. Lord, is this proper what I'm about to speak? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
Proverbs 21, verse 23, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. Psalm 34, 13, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Psalm 141, verse 3, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. How about you make that your prayer? You don't know what to pray? Wake up in the morning and pray that prayer. Proverbs 12, verses 18 to 19, there is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. The truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Proverbs 18, verses 6 and 7 in the message, the words of a fool start fights. Have you ever been in that environment, words starting fights? I've been there. Words. Words starting fights. I love this. The words of a fool start fights. Do him a favor and gag him. Fools are undone by their big mouths. Their souls are crushed by their words. It's so true. It is so true. God is exhorting us tonight. The Spirit is saying to us tonight, death and life are in the power of your tongue. What will we choose to speak? Because it is our choice. Choose your words carefully and choose your words wisely. We not only hurt ourselves, we know that words hurt others. Words bring destruction. We know that old phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. How many know that's not true? Words hurt, words kill, words poison, words destroy, words tear down. Words either build up or tear down. They are either poison or they are fruit. Mother Teresa said these words, words which do not give the light of Christ increase the darkness. Words that do not give the light of Christ, do not give the wisdom, the knowledge of Christ, the direction and the leading of Christ, the truth of Christ, increase the darkness. Billy Graham's words, guard your tongue and use it for good instead of evil. How many marriages or friendships have been destroyed because of criticism that spiraled out of control? How many relationships have broken down because of a word spoken thoughtlessly or in anger. A harsh word can't be taken back. No apology can fully repair its damage. Ephesians 4 verse 29, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification or building up, that it may impart grace to the hearers. That's the call. For us as believers, that our words impart grace to the hearers. They build up, edify. J.B. Phillips' New Testament, let there be no more foul language, but good words instead, 
words suitable for the occasion. We need that, don't we? God can use these words to help other people. And the Amplified, no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk. Don't let it ever come out of your mouth. But only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion, that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor to those who hear it. We have a responsibility to guard our lips. Yes, we cry out that the Lord would set a guard over our mouths and keep watch over the door of our lips, but I wonder, I wonder how often we push past the guard and swing wide the doors, letting death run out. Are we that sensitive to the Spirit that when we're about to speak and the words aren't right, we restrain ourselves? We refrain from speaking? Or do we push past because emotions get a hold of us? Do we push past because of anger? Do we push past because of discouragement? Do we push past the guard? Number one tonight, we have a responsibility to guard our lips. Lord, I know that I have a responsibility to guard my lips. If we speak out of turn, it is our doing. If we speak out of line with the Word of God, how many know it's our doing? We choose our words. Let's be wise and slow to speak. Let's study how to answer. Let's weigh our words. Proverbs 10, verse 19, in the Jubilee Bible, it says, In the multitude of words, there is no lack of rebellion, but he that refrains his lips is wise. This is good counsel tonight, and this is a good reminder to all of us, every single one of us in this room tonight. James 1, 26 reads, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. So we need to guard what comes out. We need to filter it. We need to weigh it. We need to study it. And we need to refrain at times and restrain at times. How much damage could be avoided? How much death how much despair, how much pain, how much dissension, how much poison, how much destruction if the people of God would guard their lips, if the people of God would weigh their words and study how to answer, would be slow to speak, would speak only the wisdom of God, would cry out for Holy Spirit utterance. Number two tonight, we need the Creator to step in. We need to ask the Lord to step in. I'm going to share these words with you tonight. The fruit of the lips. The lips are neither trees of the orchard nor herbs of the garden. What fruit can they bear? The scattering of Babel came of human speech. When languages were multiplied, and the united race split up into fragments. Wars and fighting and hatred and bloodshed have sprung of talk and bluster. These are deadly fruits. 
the very mention of which brings pain to the heart. Surely it is in vain to look for much that is worth gathering from mouths and tongues. Great talkers are proverbially little doers, and the more talk, the less work. We may come for years looking for fruit on this fig tree and find none. Nothing but leaves will be gathered by those who look to the lips for a harvest to fill the barn. This is most true. If you let the lips alone, they produce mischief and trouble and not much else. An unrenewed tongue is almost worse than an unregenerate heart because bad as the heart may be, there is heart in it. The tongue is often heartless, a mere sounding sham with no reality to support its bronze noise. Too many speak with the lips and their heart is not in what they say. If the lips become the instruments of hypocrisy, and if the fruit of the lips is only the fruit of the lips, it is comparable to the apples of Sodom. The lips, moreover, cause pain and evil all around, which the heart alone cannot do. The heart is an oven closed up. The tongue is a fire raging abroad, setting on flame the course of nature when it is itself set on fire by hell. The lips of the wicked are like the upas tree, which drips poison. Isaiah 57, 19, I create the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace to him who is afar off and to him who is near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. We need the Lord to step in. We need to ask the Lord to help us with our words. This is more critical and crucial than we might think tonight than perhaps we believe tonight. Charles Spurgeon said this, God creates the fruit of the lips, but this must be understood, of course, with reservation. He does not create the fruit of the lips as we commonly see it, but the good fruit, the true fruit, the fruit worth gathering, that which should be the fruit of the lips. Of this, God is the creator. The natural fruit is so evil, it needs the creator again to step in and make us new creatures and our fruit new also. We need the Creator to step in, new, creature, new creatures, new fruit. We need a new vocabulary. We need new conversation. We need new language. We need new dialogue. We need new discourse. New words. Words fitting for the believer, for the disciple of Christ. Words that Jesus would speak. We need the Creator to step in and turn death to life. We need the Creator to step in and bring dead things back to life. We need the Creator to step in and work on the heart. For the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You want to know what's going on inside of your heart? See what your words are producing. Take a look at the consequence of your words. Take a look. Is it poison or is it fruit? You'll soon find out what's inside your heart. We know that we can't know the heart. Only God can truly know it. But we can examine ourselves. And one of the ways to know what's going on in a person's heart is to watch their words. We can't handle the heart on our own, and we can't handle these unruly tongues on our own. 
We can't bridle these tongues on our own. We need the Creator to step in. James 3, verses 1 to 10, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers. Well, how many people are going to want to be teachers after they hear this? Let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment, that is good counsel to us tonight. If you are ever in a position of leadership, if you're ever given the authority to speak, even if it's in children's ministry, watch your words. It goes on, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us. And we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. That's what the word is saying. And it sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men, who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not to be so. The message simply says, my friends, this can't go on. Perhaps that's a word to some here tonight. My friends, this can't go on. Hear the Spirit say to you tonight, my friend, this can't. This can't go on. We need to call on the one who can tame the tongue. Call on the Creator. We need Him to step in. A simple prayer like, Lord, step in, and I will commit to guarding my lips as the Word tells me I should. We partner in this with the Lord. Number three tonight, we need to encourage one another. How many here need encouragement? We need to encourage one another. Encourage one another concerning our words and have our words encourage one another, edify one another, build, build up our brothers and sisters. We need to encourage one another concerning words. Perhaps the words are wayward. Perhaps the words have been poisoned. Perhaps we don't want to gag our brother or sister, but we go to them not with a haughty spirit, not with a diseased intention. Not pointing a finger or lashing with words, but we go with a soft answer. We go with a kind word and a pure caution. Brother, sister, I've noticed the consequence of your words. And we trust that they will receive it. And we weigh our words before we go and caution somebody else. And we take a look at what's in our eye. Proverbs 18, 20, and 21. 
The man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We all need a word like this. We all need this reminder. Have you ever found yourself in a situation or a circumstance where you've said something and you quickly realize it wasn't the right thing to say? You're quickly sorry for what you said. You wish you could take it back. You immediately try to think of ways that you can repair what has just been done. And so we ask that the Lord would come and anoint our tongues, that he would heal our tongues. We cry out and we commit to say the right thing. And we ask that he would help us because we alone can't tame the tongue. We may need to set things right. Perhaps our words haven't been what they should be. I ask tonight, are we satisfied with the consequences, the results, and the effects of the words that we speak? Perhaps we think our words are just fine, the words we're speaking, that they're not wrong, they're not amiss, that they're right. But let us look at the consequence of our words. Right there we can judge whether they're right. Look at what they're producing. You'll soon find out if they're poison or fruit. No matter the reason we give or cling to concerning the rogue words we speak, they are not right for no reason. And no reason is a good reason. It's time we guard our lips. We ask the Creator to step in. And we encourage one another. Our words are prophetic. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible teaches. Our words are creative. They are creating. And we need anointed words. We need words that are full of the life of God, don't we? Speaking in line with what the Word says. Speaking what the Lord would say. No matter how we feel in the moment. No matter the words we would like to use. You say, well, I don't use any curse words, so it's all good. Listen, you can say the wrong thing without using any curse words. You can say the wrong thing without using any foul language. You can say the wrong thing if it's simply out of emotion and not out of the Spirit. You say the wrong thing, react the wrong way. We all know it's true, and it's true of all of us. I read this. Be sure to taste your words before you spit them out. Be sure to taste your words before you spit them out. I don't know about you, but I want to speak that which inspires faith. Speak that which builds faith. Speak that which brings life. Speak that which points to God, glorifies God produces the right satisfaction, that which promotes the goodness, the faithfulness, the kindness, the care, the healing, the strength of God. I was thinking about words. A little acronym here. You can make your own list. W, wholesome, that our words would be wholesome. Oh, 
objective with right aim and goal in mind are respectful of God and man, that our words would be D, doctrinal. How many know we need that in this day and age? And not just any doctrine, not tossed to and fro, but biblically doctrinal, sound doctrine, and we need the S. We need spiritual speech. We need anointed Holy Ghost utterance in our speech. We need that kind of utterance as a church. We need that kind of utterance as believers. We need that kind of utterance as husbands, as wives, as peers, as brothers, as sisters. We need spiritual speech. We need spiritual counsel. Good, godly counsel. Not the counsel based on our experience. You know what I'm saying? Because maybe our experiences haven't been that good. Maybe the counsel we've received hasn't been that good. And so we study how to answer. We go to the Word and we we answer according to what the Word would say. This is the wisdom of God. He definitely cares about what we say. He definitely cares about the words we're speaking. We can have the worship team return tonight. I'm going to close with these words. We can sing out this song and we'll head out of this place with new language, new words, new discourse, new conversation, new dialogue, a healed vocabulary. These words, our tongue is the glory of our frame, and it is given us that we may give glory to him who framed it. Articulate speech, which is denied to birds and beasts, is given to us for this major reason, that we may articulately and distinctly praise and magnify the name of the Most High. O man, however eloquent in oratory or charming in song your lips may be, they are fruitless if you do not extol your Maker with them. Your lips are as dry Sahara sand or as the salt deserts where not a blade of grass can live. If from them there never springs the sweet flower of gratitude to God, fragrantly expressing itself in words of love, your lips should drop honey as the honeycomb. A gentle dew of thankfulness should distill from them. They should be like the rose, sending forth perpetual perfume. Each word should be a fragrant leaf, scattering a sweet smell of adoration. The lips should be the gates of thankfulness, and from between them, there should continually pour forth a wealthy traffic of song, bearing abroad the products of a grateful heart worked in the forges of glowing thankfulness to God. Help us with our words, Lord. Help us with our words. Let our words bring life and not death. Why don't you just take a moment and just pray. Whatever your heart would say tonight, asking the Lord to help you with your words. Perhaps it's even words that you're not speaking to others, but it's words you're speaking in the presence of the Lord. It's words you're speaking behind closed doors. Words you're speaking over your situation, over your circumstance, words you're speaking. 
over your body. Words you're speaking over relationships. Words you're speaking that are just simply amiss. Words you're speaking over others, yet not in their presence. Lord, help us with our speech. If you need to ask for forgiveness tonight, the Lord is here. Say, Lord, my words, I haven't been watching them. I haven't been weighing them. I haven't been tasting them before spitting them out. Out of my mouth, I bless God and I curse others. Out of this mouth comes both blessing and cursing. It should not be this way. Lord, I know I received the counsel of your word tonight. You're saying to me tonight, Lord, friend, this cannot go on. This has to stop. This has to stop. It could be words you're speaking over your finances. Such discouragement, words of death, not words of life. Words you're speaking over your education. Words you're speaking over your home. Words you're speaking over your occupation. Words you're speaking about your boss. There are so many things tonight. Lord, help us with our words that all of them bring glory to you, that all of them honor you, that all of them are praise and worship unto you. Thank you, Jesus.